Hi, everybody. This is Stephanie Rupert. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we rethink, reimagine, and reinvent what it means to be human to gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and make ourselves better people. Now, today is episode 13X, and I'm super excited because I'm going to talk about stuff that's really important to me. Um, and I, this is in the wake of the podcast that I did with Caroline Mattis earlier in the week. I met her at a conference and I mentioned when we spoke with her, I met her at a conference and was really struck by everything. So by everything she had to say. So if you haven't yet listened to episode 13, I do highly recommend it. Uh, before I get into a discussion of atheism, and specifically the question, is atheism today a religion? Is it religious? As uh, of so some housekeeping things, I, in these episodes, these X episodes, I announce winners of a giveaway I'm doing for people who leave reviews of the podcast because I'm just really grateful. You get a free book off of my bookshelf and I have a list of these books on my website at stephanierupert.com slash book giveaway if you're interested. If you have both books to suggest to put on that list, do let me know. Um, our winner this week is Agnes Candlebinder. Uh, I will have already sent her an email. It's really exciting. I'm very, very grateful. You left a really lovely uh, review, Agnes. And so thank you for taking care of me and holding the space of this uh, little podcast that could. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who have been listening, either from last week or from day one. This is a process of learning and exploration and perseverance and all of these different things. And I'm just really grateful for your patience with me and for sticking with me and for giving me feedback and helping me do what I can to make this an actually helpful, actually impactful podcast. So uh, thank you a lot for all of that. Now I want to jump in to this idea of atheism, to the phenomena of atheism in the modern world today. So atheism is big. It has been big. It has faded in relevance, uh, mostly since Trump was elected. It's very interesting. We, there was a lot of dialogue about several things related to religion and related to science and these debates about the humanities and their proper place in our discourse. All of this was very prominent until 2016, at which point we all became desperately obsessed with fascism and the political travesty, the travesty of our political situation today. And so a lot of these conversations about God, about religion, about belief have fallen off the map, but they're still very present. And in many ways they have gone underground and they have morphed into things that are increasingly toxic or increasingly tied up with these negative political rhetorics. So new atheism, just to give you some background, if, uh, if it wasn't clear enough in the podcast earlier in the week, new atheism is a iteration of atheism, which has existed for thousands of years that was kicked off about 14 years ago by a series of men. They are called the four horsemen symbolizing the apocalypse. They called themselves this. They're called the four horsemen and they basically hate religion. They don't just 
not believe in certain religious precepts, but they hate religion. Now, what's interesting and something that Caroline and I talked about a lot in the last episode of the podcast is that atheism is usually less about the content of an idea and more about rebellion against another idea. It's disidentifying with a specific set of ideas. And it has been glorified throughout time as this magnificent, courageous viewpoint, the decision to question or reject the predominant religious narratives of the time. This is what atheism has always been. You know, atheism isn't a statement about what you believe. And this is why, as in the last podcast I mentioned, I find it to be a very boring position. Because it's not a statement that's intellectually interesting. All it says is, I disagree with this very specific idea of religion. And the specific idea of religion that people disagree with now is kind of a straw man, you know? And, and it's a straw man that many people in the world do believe in. I will, I will give you that. But it really puts all of religion into this one little box of people who believe of a man in the sky with a beard who's directing things and who has all the qualities of the God in the Old Testament, the New Testament, what have you or other types of beliefs. And that's, um, that's just, that's really unfortunate because religion looks so many different ways, spirituality, beliefs, they all, um, they're very diverse. And there are many people, many, many people within religious traditions who are things that new atheists presume they're not, you know, who are very rational, who are very intellectual, who are very complex and interesting beliefs. Um, and I would argue, of course, much more complex and interesting than those of the atheists themselves. So a question has arisen as atheism has become a movement of late and as people have cohered around these books that have been written, The End of Faith by Sam Harris, The Moral Landscape also by Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins's God, The God Delusion was very popular, mostly because it was just very angry and mean. Um, and and that sort of, these sorts of things. In, in 2006, a man named Gary Wolf wrote an article in Wired called the church of the non-believers and he wasn't the first person to call atheists religious but he sort of kicked off this thinking about atheism today as being a religious movement of a sorts or having religious qualities so there are many different reasons that people have called atheism religious in some form or another uh, and some of them i find it's troubling because how do you define religion anyway? You would know if you've listened to this podcast, uh, especially episodes four and four X that I really struggle with the category of religion. Like what does that even mean? You know, how do you hate something that can't even be defined or how do you adore something that can't even be defined for that matter? So I struggle with this question of whether something is religious or isn't religious, but there are generally speaking some things that people talk about and that I'm willing to talk about and will here. New atheists are very, very angry and they're very, very defensive. And some people think this tone is a lot like religious fundamentalists. And I agree to, to an extent, but for, for different reasons, you know, people tend to ground this idea of new atheist religiosity, atheist being religion, being religious, tend to ground this idea in faith, the idea of faith. People often say, often, well, religious people have faith, but people who believe in science have faith too. It's a different kind of faith, but it's faith too. They have to take something as a given. 
whether that's science or their brand of rationality or what have you, new atheists also have faith. I disagree, however. I believe, I firmly believe that the kinds of faith, quote unquote faith with a capital F, and I'll maybe do another podcast on the idea of faith another time, quote unquote faith, assent to a specific set of doctrines because they are written down. And specifically to contradict empirical evidence is a very common concept of faith today. Now, of course, again, it's not the only one, but it's a very common idea that faith is assenting to a specific set of beliefs with a certain set of reasons to do so that are not science. And so that actually makes it different from new atheism because atheism today and often throughout history with its allegiance to science doesn't take beliefs as a matter of principle, but rather actively seeks to correct its own positions. That is a very life thing and it's real. Now they are based on science, that's for sure, but they do actively seek to correct their own positions. And so in this way, we cannot say that the kinds of beliefs that atheists have are the same kinds of beliefs that we traditionally think of as happening in religion. So can new atheism be said to be a religion in that sense? No, but I do want to talk about something that I believe has a religious flavor that I would call salvific that occurs in new atheism that is really important for us to pay attention to and which we did brush on, which we did talk about a fair bit in, um, in the last episode of the podcast in episode 13. So new atheists have a different epistemology than traditional religion. Now, epistemology is a fancy way to say way of knowing, and it's a branch of philosophy. The study of epistemology is the study of what and how we know things. So the epistemology of new atheism is science, mostly, and quote-unquote logic, rationality. The individual self, as Caroline was saying in the last episode of the podcast. But what they have in common with fundamentalist religion is their deep emotional attachment to science. I would call it an affective attachment, which basically means emotional, just a technical term for people who study religion, affective. They are deeply attached to science as a form of epistemology. And the reason I believe that they are is because they need the world to be neatly ordered. They need the world to be allocated to specific categories, for things to be sorted, to have answers. A lot of the movements in our world today are about regaining of stability that we imagine we once had, and maybe we did, but I think that if we did, if we had had this stability, it was thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And that's what my next book is about, <clears throat> The Age of Ambiguity, or maybe it'll change its title, but we are grasping in the modern world for certainty and we're grasping for easy answers because we're terrified that we are now confronting a world that is enormously complex and we don't know what to do about it. Now, up until about the mid 1800s or so, society did have a reasonably coherent narrative, more coherent than we have today. And 
this was called the modernist narrative and science was a part of it and religion was in its own way a part of it. But around this time, the two started to split up. I mean, they had begun splitting up previously, but the break became more pronounced. And this is in part in the wake of Darwinism. When all of a sudden the science that we had proposed, and this is something that I talked about in episode 7X of the podcast, we talk about the history of science and how it gave rise to Christian fundamentalism. Because all of a sudden, religion had been accommodating scientific discoveries and theories in various ways for a long time. But there came a point at which it was really hard to accommodate. Darwinism was really hard to fold into a typical Christian view of the human. And there were certain people who dove into fundamentalism as a result. People who did not do this had to face the fact that we are apes and also had to live with philosophies that began to develop where we realized that we didn't have firm foundations to knowledge. If we are apes, then how can we certainly know anything? You know, we had once thought that we were hooked to gods and therefore we could know the world because we had a link, we had a link to their certain objective knowledge. But when that link is erased, all of a sudden we're faced with the fact that we may not be able to be certain of anything. And this is a part of what gave birth to postmodern narratives of questioning truth and questioning narratives. And of course, there was a lot more involved in that, but there was a radical destabilization of certainty. There's a radical destabilization of our ability to know things. And a man named Richard Bernstein coined an idea. He calls it Cartesian anxiety. Now, Cartesian comes from Descartes, Rene Descartes. And Rene Descartes was sort of the philosopher on whom we have grounded our a certain ability to know things and also is from whom we derive or often say we derive our ideas that the mind and body are separate and that we can still access the rational ideas of God or whomever the universe because we are separate from our bodies. But now we know that we're not quite separate from our bodies. And we have Cartesian anxiety, says Richard Bernstein, which means that we are paralyzed by this loss of certainty and by sitting between all of, you know, all of these options. And in the wake of the collapse of answers, of certain answers in the West, in the wake of the collapse of faith in the scientific narrative, in the wake of the crumbling of traditional religious institutions, we are sort of faced with a sea of ambiguity. And new atheism, people have argued, there's a nice article, nice chapter in a book by a man named William Stahl about this. New atheism is the scientific manifestation of this rebellion against uncertainty. And it comes out in fear. What's basic there is fear over control of the world, over knowledge of the world, over the shape of the world, right? Because it's both about your views and also about the morals of the people around you. You know, you want to control the narrative. And so there's fear here. And then that manifests is anger. And uh, there is a 
rage for order. This is a phrase, rage for order is a phrase that a man named George Levine wrote when he was talking about this sort of thing. There's a rage for order and it occurs in fundamentalist Christianity and it occurs here in atheist movements that you become defensive of your uncertainty you know, you're covering it up, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to everybody about how certain you are, you're putting on these mantles of certainty and you become defensive, you become angry and rageful and you hate people who challenge your specific way of ordering the world. And that is how we end up having this massively polarized society between people who are religious and people who hate religion but underlying both of those things is the same basic human inability to cope with ambiguity. And so in that sense, yes, I believe that new atheism could be said to be religious. If we define religion as a response to this kind of uncertainty and doing so in groups with ideas that must be assented to or what have you. But this is the real commonality that I see between atheism and fundamentalism and something that we need to be talking about because, again, we're totally mischaracterizing one another and flinging stuff at one another. And, and, and to what end? You know, because we're struggling with the same concepts. It's really scary. It's horrifying to me. And I think that's probably where I'm going to leave you today. But... This is all incredibly fascinating, and I will be coming back to touch on this over and over and over again, because it's at the core of what we're struggling with as a society right now, and always, is, is our entrenchedness, our fear, our inability to hold the space or consider the ideas of one another, all this sort of stuff. And new atheism is toxic. You know, atheism itself isn't toxic. Again, I think it's boring, but it isn't toxic per se. It doesn't have to be. But the way that it is taking shape in our culture today is toxic and, and will be forthgoing and is getting wrapped up in, again, as we discussed throughout the whole last episode of the podcast, anti-feminism, uh, the political far right, the alt-right, all that sort of stuff. Atheism is sort of melting into these things and creating these divisions in our culture based on anger and fear. So more on this Anon, I'll let you go at that. This has been episode 13X. I'm very excited about week 14. I've got some really wonderful stuff for you. Like I mentioned, I went to this conference in Denver and we have a lot of great guests forthcoming. So I am grateful for you as always and very much looking forward to next time. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram at Stephanie Ruper and email me at tmoeverything at gmail.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week. Bye.